0: love wartime. Now those of us who have never been in a war conventionally wouldn't understand why. But for them it means something of increase. It means promotion. It means awards. It means commendations. And that's what we face as Christians today. We're going to talk about awards and the crowns we receive in heaven. So stay tuned. was a little girl who was eating potato chips in the den. Grandfather walked into the room and said, Honey, you know you're not supposed to eat potato chips in the den. Grandma doesn't like it. I don't like It, it leaves chips everywhere, hard to vacuum. Please don't do that. The little girl ran to the kitchen. A few hours later in the afternoon, she was watching cartoons, and lo and behold, she was eating some cookies granddaddy walked in and he goes, "Uh, honey, I thought we talked about this. No eating in the den. And the little girl goes, well, dad, granddad, you basically told me that I cannot eat potato chips in the den. You didn't say anything about not eating cookies. Legalism can lead to a lot of lists that are hard to keep. So when we talk about awards, please don't let your mind slip into the do's and don'ts, rights and wrongs and listings. It's not so much the legal aspect of what we're doing or not doing or what we're choosing to do or not to do or how to give or not to give. But rather, it's the attitude behind the action that matters. It's the big picture. A person could have everything on the list, yet still have the wrong spirit. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we get into your word, lead us and guide us on the study on crowns. What are they? Why should we think about them? Why are they in your word? Why would you have us focus on them? You have a destiny for us, Father, and we ask that you reveal that through your word to each listener today. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm not sure what prompted the thought of rewards this week for me. But maybe you've had a loss in your family. A death. Uncertainty. And a lot of times you hear that they were believers. They did know God. And you wonder, well, what happened to them? And as I've said before, they are in the faithful hands of a loving and merciful God and that is up to him to decide where they are but if they are were lived a life worthy if they were taken suddenly take note take joy in this they have rewards in heaven we have rewards in heaven now we don't want to get there early to receive them we live our life every day and work through this life to earn everything we can, not for time but for eternity. When it comes to God, we have two forms of judgment. There is the judgment of non-believers. These are people who just simply reject the word of God. They reject Jesus Christ as Lord. They reject the Holy Spirit. They be- they reject the beckoning that speaks to their soul, their body, their mind, their spirit, and says. Nah, that's just not for me. That's the common road. That's the wider path that most people take, believe it or not. But if you are a believer and you've received Jesus, as, Jesus Christ as your Lord, you will face judgment as well. Not judgment for the rejection of the Savior. Because, you know, God sent his only son. And when you send your son to give a message to somebody, especially God, you know that you, you better listen. But if you receive that, what's the judgment we as believers have? Did you know that we will be judged by our works? That's called the Bema Seed in the Bible, the Bema Seed of Christ. It's an award ceremony, not unlike something you would imagine. I mean, here on earth, terrestrially, we could see that uh, you know the Oscars are pretty big. Grammy Awards it's a pretty big Fandango everybody's showing up and they're wearing all kinds of sharp suits and adornments and all kinds of you know almost costume like wear clothing but we will be judged that's the bottom line whether we love God and whether we love people this Ten Commandments synopsized by Jesus down to loving God and loving people in the form of a cross, you can imagine. Remember, it's always the same thing. God's Word is consistent, and it never changes. So I'm going to get into the crowns very quickly, and I'm going to scroll through the scriptures so that we can identify what the crowns are. First of all, there's a total of five crowns five total crowns that we can receive. You can hear the rustling of the, of the Bible pages, so you know that I really do use a Bible. I prefer the hard copy. But the first one is for people. The first one I'm going to identify in my study is for people who have mastered their old nature. Have you mastered your old nature? If you had struggles with lust or immorality, adultery, fornication, theft, lying, cheating, stealing, anything that you were before Jesus Christ, you get the crown. It's called the incorruptible crown, and that is identified in Roman. Excuse me, 1 Corinthians chapter 9 verses, verses 25 through 27. Paul likens uh, the Christian life to running a race. You know, he lived in Rome uh, in the Roman times and the Romans and the Greeks, they all enjoyed uh, Olympic fair, Olympic events and running and track and just feats of physicality and athleticism back in those days. Do you not know, he says in verse, uh, 1 Corinthians nine twenty four. do you not know that those who run the race all run? but only one receives the prize. He encourages the Corinthians, run in such a way that you may win. Everyone who competes in the games exercises self-control in all things. They then do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. Therefore I run, listen to how he uses himself as an example of leadership, I run in such a way not without aim I box in such a way not as beating the air but I discipline my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others I myself will not be disqualified. I used to run track and there were all kinds of reasons why somebody could get disqualified if your shoe became untied if you stepped on the line if you touched another runner by the elbow or they kind of pushed you, you're both disqualified immediately. You can't run the race anymore. So you have to be mindful of how you're running. It has There has to be a level of discipline. And those people who win, win. Everyone who runs the race without any... Corruption receives this, what's called the incorruptible crown. The incorruptible crown. You win that prize. It's called the incorruptible crown. It's not going to dry up. You see, when an Olympian in the times of Paul would run, they won the laurel wreath, which is what we would call bay leaves today. You know, the spices. If you Google a picture of Julius Caesar, you will see that he consistently wore a crown, a laurel wreath. Why did he do that? You know why? It's kind of a funny reason. He was very self-conscious of his baldness. He hated being bald. So his way of hiding it, he would have his slaves create a crown of laurel wreaths, and he'd always wear the wreath of leaves on his head. To the him, that was a better cover than a comb-over. So basically, that crown obviously would, would rot. And of course, the Greek and Roman, Roman Olympians, when they won, they would get all kinds of benefits. They would get notoriety. They would not have to pay taxes unto Caesar for the rest of their lives. There was all kinds of benefits to winning the crown. But for us, there is the joy of the incorruptible crown When we master the old nature, we don't give in to the desires of the flesh. So you have a problem with lust or lying or pornography or anything that's stirring your mind. What would an athlete do? If you're at a party and there's pizza and you're training for a marathon or a triathlon or an Ironman or something like that, it would probably be beneficial that you refrain from eating the pizza and drinking the beer, right? That's up to you. Master the old nature is the point. If you don't have anything to aim for, you'll fall for anything. The second one is when you endure temptation. And that's described in the book of James, chapter 1. James chapter one identifies how we can endure temptation. And as you know, if you've ever read the book of James, he says, count it all joy, brethren, when you fall into various trials. Trials are our war. That is how we gain awards. You know, in the military, they get all kinds of awards, commendations, bravery, valor, all kinds of honors. But when we are in a war, when we're under temptation, James has a different viewpoint. He says, hey, man, count it all joy. Count it all joy. How are you going to get out of that? How are you going to come through that? How are you going to push through with courage and bravery to end up victorious in this particular battle without being lost? I'm talking about the Christian life. I mean, we know, unfortunately, in war, people are lost all the time. But that doesn't mean they don't get an award. Because awards are even awarded in the military posthumously. That means after death and the family receives the honor. And it is a great honor. And hopefully it's the responsibility of the family to just make sure that the name lives forever of your loved one ensure it lives forever they deserve that honor but in James chapter 1 the crown of life for those who who endure temptation James chapter 1 verses 2 and 3 consider it all joy my brethren when you encounter various trials knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance And let that endurance have its perfect results so that you may be perfect and complete lacking nothing listen there's a lot of people all of us fail all of us slip all of us fall but we have a rebound that's why I love basketball so much you always have the rebound it's a game that keeps going if you shoot and it misses you you go for the rebound Your teammate shoots and misses, you go for the rebound. You are constantly trying to rebound the ball and continue scoring points for your team. That's how we should deal with temptation and if you do that, you win the crown of life. The crown of life is for you. It doesn't mean you fall. It doesn't mean you commit these acts, but it means you endure, you walk away. One of my favorite characters in the book of Genesis is, is a man named Joseph. He's one of the sons of I- Israel. And he was taken captive. His brothers hated him. They sold him off into slavery and they sold him to Egypt. They sold him to the world at the time. Made a lot of money. The same exact amount of money that Jesus, uh, Judas was paid for as a ransom. Thirty pieces of silver. But Joseph was in the house of Potiphar. And in Potiphar's house, Potiphar had a wife. And Potiphar gave Joseph command over everything in the household. And he says, just don't touch my wife, man. You understand? Don't touch that wife of mine. Potiphar was the head of secret service for the Pharaoh. He was the leader of the the chief guard. So he trusted Joseph with everything. And the Bible says he was a well-built young man, tall and strong from the years of slavery, likely. And she confronted him. She wanted to, you know, take her part and lust with him. The young, strong man in the house alone as a servant. And Joseph told her flat out, you know what? Nobody might see us, but God might see us. And when she continued to persist, he, he grabbed his, his tunic, his coat. She reached for it, and, and literally he wiggled out of it and ran away. Ran off from a beautiful woman in Egypt where there was great temptation. Joseph def- clearly won the crown of life. Because he got away, now that it didn't end too good, and it ended up in trouble. Even though he ran away and didn't do anything, but in Revelation 2:10 we also have a description of the crown of life. It says, "Do not fear what you are about to suffer. Behold, the devil is about to cast some of you into prison, so that you will be tested, and you will have tribulation for ten days." Be faithful to death, unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. He who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He who overcomes will not be hurt by the second death. There is the crown of life, and you can endure. Endure that. Then there is a crown for, listen to this. If you are looking forward to the second appearing of Jesus Christ, if you are looking forward to the second coming, if you live your life daily and you wake up and you say, thank you, Father, for this glorious day, which you should do every day, because he's the giver of life. I mean, there's people who go to sleep, and I've had friends that they just don't wake up, and I'm still a pretty young guy. But if you look forward to the coming of Jesus, you have a crown as well. Second Corinthians, excuse me, 2 Timothy 4, 8. This is the crown of righteousness because you look forward to the appearing of Jesus. It says in 2 Timothy ver, chapter 4, verses six through eight. For I, have already, I am already being poured out as a drink offering And the time of my departure has come i have fought the good fight i have finished the course i have kept the faith and in the future there is there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness which the lord the righteous judge will award to me on that day and not only to me but also to all who loved his appearing that's like getting an award for perfect attendance That is the appearing of Jesus Christ. He is Lord, the Lord of righteousness, the righteous judge. If you look forward to seeing the judge, you get a crown. That's the crown of righteousness. Here's an interesting one that really jumped out at me. And I really want to encourage pastors and teachers with this one. As you know, I'm not a pastor or a teacher, but I do enjoy the Bible. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm sharing this with you. This is just another encouragement, another source to kind of lift you up to your Christian walk. Or it might be a source if you've never heard about the Christian walk. That's also my audience. There's people who listen and they have no inclination or care to know about Jesus or what Christianity is. But if you're a pastor today, you're part of a rare, rare breed or if you're not even a pastor, you might be a teacher. You might work in Sunday school with children, and you think, well, nobody ever sees me. I'm just a little guy, or I'm just a little gal just doing her thing here, that's all. I just serve Jesus. Well, let me tell you something, God has his eye on you. But I'm speaking to men here today, and I'm speaking to the women who have a man as a pastor. Pray for them. Pray for them. That they might receive their c- crown of glory. Listen, there's a lot of temptations in the ministry. A lot of them. Remember, we are in under a spiritual warfare and there is an enemy who does want to destroy us. And if he can't destroy us physically, he will destroy our credibility, our purpose, our plans, our future, our hope. He will destroy anything he can with lies, deceit, manipulation, all kinds of things, friend. Pray for your pastor. There's a lot of pastors who go on living secret lives, doing things, because nobody ever questions them. No, nobody holds them accountable. They're kind of the big boss in the building. Nobody ever stops them to say, how are you doing? Nobody's ever allowed close enough, in some of these big churches especially, So be careful, pray for your pastor, that he might receive, say, Lord, I pray for my pastor, and you put his name in there and his wife's name, always, please, because the wives go through a lot as well. Usually if you're a pastor, you have a wife who is called to be a pastor as well. And if one or the other is not truly called, they're susceptible to be tempted. They're susceptible to falling. They're susceptible to the damage that comes from sin from a mistake from a misstep from chaos that comes there's a lot of churches going through a lot of things so pray for your pastor 2 Peter chapter 5 verses 2 through 4 I'm going to start at verse 1 2 Peter chapter 5 verse 1 therefore I exhort the elders among you As your fellow elder, it's like saying, man, I'm with you and witness of the sufferings of Christ and a partaker also of the glory that is to be revealed. He's saying, get your eyes on the future. And here he continues, shepherd the flock of God among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but voluntarily according to the will of God, and not for sordid gain, but with eagerness, nor yet as lording it over those allotted to your charge, but proving to be examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. The unfading crown of glory, that's the the crown that a pastor and teacher can receive. If you love your pastor, guess what? Pray that he be able to receive the crown of glory. And pastors and leaders, I'm going to tell you something flat out. I do have pastors that listen to this. I know that. I do have leaders that listen to this. I know that. And let me encourage you as a fellow brother in Christ Jesus, the Lord, watch yourself especially on social media especially on platforms that you can create a false identity watch who you're liking watch who you're trying to gain the attention of I'm not saying that social media is evil I use it obviously a lot of you probably got on this message because you're he- you got you were because of social media so social media is a wonderful platform to share viewpoints, see different views, ideas. There's all kinds of things I see and agree with. And there's even more things probably that I disagree with. But I still like viewing other people's views. I still like seeing and thinking and understanding other people's mindsets. But you do have to be careful, friends. That's the truth. Not only in real life, but in your secret life on your phone, on your computer, on your laptop, on your tablet, wherever you have a connection to the world, be aware it is a connection to the world. So be mindful. Look for that crown of glory. I'm not going to get too negative here, but focus on the crown of glory. Focus on the award. Be faithful, faithful, a faithful preacher, a faithful teacher. And I'll pray for you. If I know you and I see you and I, I, I know who you are, Man, I'm blessed because in my life, I've had a lot of faithful men who were my teachers, a lot of examples. That's why I'm back here, because of them, the crown of glory. And there's one more. Like I said, there's a total of five. And this last crown, it's given to people who love telling other people about Jesus. And you might think, well, that's a kind of a weird award. I mean, why would you get an award for that? You know what? God decided these awards, not me. These are his awards. If you like telling people about Jesus Christ, about God and his son coming to earth to save man from the wrath that is to come, humanity, no matter who they are, you get an award it says in Proverbs chapter 11 verse 30 the fruit of righteousness is a tree of life and he who is wise wins souls the fruit of righteousness is a tree of life and he who is wise wins souls that is Proverbs chapter 11 verse 30 we should always look to be ministering to people if you're a Sunday school teacher even if you just invite somebody to church and say, hey, come with me to church. Why don't we go and study the word? Or, well, there's this Bible study that I have. That's how I got involved in church, friends. That's how, you know, somebody came and invited me and I thought, "What? would I want to go to that? What is the point? What is the purpose? I'm a busy guy. I've got places to go and things to see. What 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 would what, what, what do I got to do with a Bible study? What's a, how the how's the Bible going to help me? That's what I used to think. And look where I am today, sharing the same message for you, friend. 2 Thessalonians 2 verses 19 through 20 also talks about the the crown that is given to soul winners. So let's see start at 2 Thessalonians Second Thessalonians excuse me First Thessalonians chapter 2 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 17 through 20 but we brethren having been taken away from you for a short while in person not in spirit were all the more eager with great desire to see your face for we wanted to come to you i paul more than once and yet satan hindered us You think, man, does Satan have that much power to stop two people from meeting? Yeah, absolutely he does. Especially if it's going to glorify God. But Paul was not going to meet a group. He was going to meet the church in Thessalonica. For who is our hope or joy or crown of exaltation? That's the crown of soul winners, by the way. Is it not even you in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ that is coming? for you are our glory and joy. You know, at university level, I used to have um, instructors, teachers, for humanities, philosophy, all kinds of courses. Even in accounting, they'd even get into this. And a lot of universities try to change the mindset and the upbringing of the kids that are going to university. They teach them, you know, you need to question the Bible. That's always how they talked. I don't know why. Dr. Doctor Johnson. All kinds of these doctors. I can't remember the rest of their names. But yeah, w- Johnson was my favorite because he was a, a military general. He was a commander in the reserves. And uh, he was still active. And he would always teach barefooted. He'd always come in in socks and Birkenstocks, khaki wrinkled docker pants, and an orange... Uh, pullover polo, you know, the colors of the school, and he would come to class and peel off his, uh, kick off his Birkenstocks right by the door, peel off his socks, and he'd stand at the front and teach, and he'd always say, all right, if you, uh, if you hear this Bible stuff and you hear people talking and, you know, you need to question all that, question it. Because it's something you need to think about, really. Look at life. Look at look at what's happening in the world. Could there really be a God with all this chaos and craziness going on? Really? Listen, Dr. Johnson used to be one of the advocates for getting students to question the Bible, question Christianity, question Jesus Christ, question everything. And you know what? I agreed with him. I agreed with that guy and I still agree with him today but everything I've given you up until this point is all scriptural written historical archaeologically verified evidence friends it's evidence evidence towards the fact that there is one Jesus there is one Lord there is one God and he still lives today but if you're listening today I have a challenge for you I have a question for you and my question is this are you bold enough to take all your theories and all the learning all the hypotheses that you studied at the university level Are you brave enough to take a look at all that that was presented to you? In light of society today. Are you brave enough to take that same skeptical approach to worldviews? Are you brave enough to listen to what your teachers talk about race? Or feminism? Or toxic masculinity? and are you willing to Google that and study the evidence what about for creation versus evolution are you willing to look at the fact that Charles Darwin the biggest proponent the one who created evolution has been refuted so many times are you willing to look at that evidence you see if you're gonna judge the Bible if you're gonna judge Christianity if you're gonna judge Jesus Christ as Lord or anything that I'm saying if you're listening as a skeptic I challenge you my friend to look at the same things that you are for in society and question it just the same the same methods of hypotheses the same methodia, the same methodology same testing in theory the te- same testing that's used in motion and gravity and every kind of scientific law that there exists are you intellectually independent enough to take a look at everything I've been saying and make a scientific educated decision on Wow maybe what this guy is saying is true Maybe what he's saying might have some purpose. Maybe my mom and dad getting through COVID. Maybe that means something. Maybe the death of my loved one. What if they are in the hands of a loving and merciful God? What is your destiny, friend? is it the judgment seat of God or is it the Bema seat of rewards and one last thing i want to identify can you lose your crown yes yes you can 1st corinthians chapter 9 verse seven, 27 1st corinthians chapter 9 verse 27 it says this 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 26 and 27. Therefore, I run in such a way. We started with this. I box in such a way, not as beating the air, but I discipline my body and make it my slave so that I, after I, have preached to others that I myself will not be disqualified. Revelation chapter 3, verse 11 says this. I am coming quickly. This is Jesus speaking. So hold fast to what you have so that no one will take your crown. So we know that he's not speaking figuratively. A lot of people will go, like my professor, you know, he's speaking figuratively in all these things. There's not really a crown. It's all figurative. Why would you hold something figurative? Why would Jesus himself, the king of all glory, Identify to us a warning. Hold fast to what you have so that no one will take your crown. If somebody could take your crown, it would be Satan or one of his demons. And he continues, he who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God. And he will not go out from it anymore. And I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem. Jerusalem which comes down from heaven, from my God and my new name. He who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Listen, if you've lost a loved one in a tragic and violent and horrible way, or if they were lost in a slow, sudden or slow, lengthful and painful death, Just be aware of this. They are in the presence of a living and loving God. And we don't know what happened to them. We don't know when they received Jesus as Lord. We don't know who they knew or who they didn't know. But rest assured that God is a merciful God and every person, especially if they lived in the United States of America, have heard the gospel in the northern hemisphere of North America. I'm talking about everywhere from Canada all the way to Mexico and even further south. They have likely heard the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and if they've passed away Trust that Jesus is Lord and and that what is Lord of their life and that they, they did receive him and that they are pillars But for us here who are walking among the quick Let's work towards these things the incorruptible crown The crown of life, the crown of the appearing, the crown of rejoicing, and yes, even towards the crown of glory, because there is a chance that if you support your pastor in prayer and your leadership, you will receive that crown also, because remember, a prophet receives an award, and then whoever supports the prophet receives an award, so there might be a chance that you might get a crown of glory as well. Remember that, the incorruptible crown, to master the old nature. The crown of life, you endure temptation, pay attention. The crown of righteousness, you're waiting gloriously for his appearing, because today might be the day. The crown of glory, to anyone who's a faithful pastor, preacher, teacher. Support them, pray for them. And the crown of rejoicing given to soul winners. That's one of the easiest crowns to win. Invite them to church. Invite them to Bible study. Invite them on board with you. The people who do that, you get that crown. But remember, the attitude behind the action is what matters most. Don't just do it for the crown. By the way, you know what's going to happen in Revelation when you receive all those crowns? You give them back to God because he is the king of glory. He is the king of the universe. And you'd want to have something that you can cast on back to him. That's the only thing we'll be able to give back to him. He's already taken everything. He took it upon him on the cross. He took your sin, death, sickness, disease, everything that you struggle with, friends. He's taken it all. His name is Jesus. He lives today. And if you don't know him, you have to know him. Psalm 98, 2 says, The Lord has made known his salvation and his righteousness. He has revealed in the sight of all nations. If you have a loved one who doesn't believe or struggles with that belief, say this, I claim this promise of Psalm 98, verse 2 for my loved ones. They will know his salvation and they will know his righteousness because we're in a war, friends, and the war is for your soul and the victory is in Jesus Christ. God bless you. Have a good week. Next week, we'll be back on.